are listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. When your goal is to help animals reach their full potential, health matters. Diamond V offers a fresh perspective on animal health, a perspective that supports gut health, strengthens immunity, and ultimately enhances performance. For those who choose to invest in keeping healthy animals healthy, feeding Diamond V makes a statement about another dimension of profit where margins are measured by confidence in your future. To get a fresh perspective, visit diamondv.com because animal health deserves a healthier approach. Good day. I'm Connie Cooper with SealPro Silage Barrier Film by Connor AgriScience. You're listening to the Dairy Voice podcast. My guest today is Dr. Anna Katharina Berge, who is a veterinarian and researcher with MSD Animal Health, known commonly as Merck and Company Incorporated in the United States and Canada. Dr. Berge is the lead study author and academic advisor in the unit of epidemiology at the veterinary school at Ghent University in Belgium. Dr. Berge, welcome to the Dairy Voice podcast. Thank you very much. Could you please give us uh, some information about who you are and where you've been and and how you got to this point in your career? Uh, I'm a Swedish veterinarian who um, has uh, pursued my PhD in comparative pathology at University of California in Davis. And there I started working in in the dairy sector, of course, and specifically focusing on young calves, young stock. Uh, after nine, 10 years in, in the US, I thereafter moved back to Europe where I'm now a, a consultant in preventive veterinary health. And I work with many companies, including MSD Animal Health. Uh, and I'm also an academic advisor at the University of Ghent. So tell me, we're going to talk today about a study that uh, is ongoing, you had said, and is, a, um, is looking at bovine coronavirus. So. What can you tell me in introduction about this study? Oh, this study is actually a very interesting study where we're trying to look at bovine coronavirus, the prevalence of bovine coronavirus union or Europe, because we include UK also. And we're also trying to look at what are the risk factors for its spread. Bovine coronavirus have, of course, been known for a long time, ever since the 1970s, that's been involved in neonatal diarrhea and thereafter in winter dysentery. But now we're trying to look a bit more how spread out is it in Europe? And therefore we've enrolled, or we are currently enrolling up to 130 dairy farms all over the European Union. And we're looking at how much virus there is present, how many anti- how much antibody uh, response do we have to the virus? And also what are the various risk factors? Okay, very good. So you had said, uh, you had told me earlier in our conversation that this is an ongoing study. When do you expect to be uh, wrapping this study up? 
we are hoping to be able to finish off the sampling of all the dairy farms this year. And thereafter, of course, we can start doing the full analysis of the study in the coming year. So hopefully within a year, we will start to have final results because we're talking here 130 farms with over 200 risk factors. So you will have to give me some time for analysis for this. But within the, the coming year or so, we most likely will have good final results of this study. So uh, can you share with me some of the uh, preliminary results of the study? These were actually quite surprising results to us because we did expect quite high prevalence of bovine coronavirus, but we didn't ex expect such a high prevalence as we've seen. First of all, we've seen both antibodies, uh, antibodies to bovine coronavirus in animals on every single herd we've sampled. Hmm. When we're looking in bulk tank milk from there is in every single bulk tank milk samples, we are finding antibodies to bovine coronavirus. And furthermore, we're finding the virus on even up to 80% of all the herd samples. And that's extremely high. I did not expect such a high prevalence of virus being found on, on the dairy farms in Europe. California Bioenergy is a leading developer of dairy digesters in America. With more than 100 projects, over 40 of them operational, CalBio has the expertise to help your dairy generate revenue by capturing methane and creating renewable vehicle fuels. Founded by a dairy farmer, CalBio considers itself the most dairy-focused digester developer, building systems to last generations, along with your existing family-owned operation. Now expanding with its subsidiaries, Northwest, Midwest, and Southwest Bioenergy, CalBio is ready to serve you. To learn more about how a cow biodigester could benefit your dairy, manure, and wallet, visit them at calbioenergy.com. Can you tell me how you're collecting those samples? Oh, yes, indeed. So we are taking samples from uh, the young calves, uh, the young neonatal calves, the first three weeks of life, because there, of course, we've known for a very long time that bovine coronavirus is involved in that young calf diarrhea. And thereafter, we're also collecting samples from the calves after they're being weaned within three, four weeks of weaning, because we also know that bovine coronavirus is involved in the bovine respiratory disease complex. And what we're furthermore taking, we're looking at what is the influence of the, the dam. So we're taking samples from the fresh cows shortly after calving to see the, the, the level of viruses found there and the level of antibodies. And from all of these animals, we are taking a fecal swab, a nasal swab, just like the same way we've been doing for the human coronavirus. And then we're also taking a blood sample to look at the antibody levels. And then furthermore, from every single farm, we're just taking a bulk tank milk sample to evaluate how much antibodies are present in the bulk tank milk. Okay. Are you also, and you had said you're testing the fresh cows, are you taking individual uh, milk samples from those animals? No, we're taking individual blood samples. And, oh, blood um, samples. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. So what, what do you think is the significance of these preliminary results? Well, what I think is the, the most significant result is that bovine coronavirus is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, on every single dairy farm in Europe where we find it, we find that animals have exhibited antibodies more or less to bovine coronavirus. And we were looking at the farms on 46, nearly 50% of the farms, we're finding the virus 
in the neonatal calves. In 60 to 70% of the weaned calves, we're finding the virus. And in 16 to 24% of the fresh cows, we're finding the virus. And there, you know, the likelihood of finding a virus in a small swab on a calf or an animal taken a single time is, of course, pretty low. And the fact that we're finding so much virus and so much such high antibody levels throughout Europe is that this is spread everywhere. Tell me about bovine coronavirus for our listeners that aren't familiar. What is the impact of that virus on ruminants? Bovine coronavirus, of course, has many impacts. It's just like the SARS coronavirus type 2 in humans. What we're seeing is it's not just diarrhea and the young calves. It's bovine respiratory disease, and maybe there's even more we don't even know about. Uh, it's much more likely more pathogenic and involved in many more diseases than we currently have believed. It's long been known to be involved in the neonatal diarrhea and the calves. It's known for destroying the intestinal virus, just like rotavirus comes in and coronavirus they come in. They destroy the intestinal villa in, in the intestines, and then they pave the way to other bacteria and, and of course, makes the calves scour and pave the way for many other diseases. And similarly, we've known that for a long time that it's been involved in bovine respiratory disease complex, but we have not really known what relative impact does it have compared to some other viruses. The same thing here with bovine respiratory disease, the viruses paves the way to the bacterial pathogens that come in and then they, they cause much more damage. But what we're seeing now, what I'm hearing from the field is that many times we can have bovine respiratory disease outbreaks in, in the weaned calves or in the young stock, and there's nothing found except bovine coronavirus. So they may actually have much larger impact than we've previously thought or known. So they, they may become a much more significant pathogen just than just a bystander that happens to be around. And for a long time, of course, Bovine coronavirus has been known as causing winter dysentery in adult cattle when you have outbreaks in, in the lactating herd or similar. But what we're seeing is that it's not always in the winter. It can be any other season too. So sometimes we have winter dysentery in the summer. So you want mm. to call it summer dysentery or something else. But we're seeing there that we have these various picture. It's a combination of intestinal and respiratory. And there I'm also starting to think to myself, what other symptoms do we have? What other maybe just because bovine coronavirus is like the, the SARS coronavirus type 2, it's a type B coronavirus. It's the same group as does it cause other problems just like we see now in long COVID in humans and so on? We don't really know yet, but it may be much more important than we've previously thought. This is not just a little one that is involved in the neonatal diarrhea and then goes away. It may have much larger uh, importance there in causing disease and the subclinical uh, production uh, deficits in the, in the dairy herds. Have you run out of silage, had to buy expensive, marked up feed to fill the gap? Maybe production's dropped due to lower dry matter intakes. Are molds or mycotoxins creeping through your piles or bunkers? And pitching the rot is a dangerous pain. Oxygen is the enemy. Pack it out, then keep it out with Seal Pro, the professional grade silage barrier film protection chosen by top professional farmers like you. Make more, better, 
safer silage with SealPro. Learn more at sealprosilage.com. So have you made any conclusions about uh, or have any ideas about how farmers could protect their herds from bovine coronavirus? Indeed, that is, of course, the whole purpose of this study to look at what are real risk factors here for getting this into the farm and is there a risk factor for preventing the spread and so on. And clearly, uh, one of the challenges in dairy production is that the level of biosecurity is really low. So all farms have been already been exposed uh, to the virus. It's really present in probably 90% or more of the dairy farms. So closing off the farm really doesn't make a lot of sense. External biosecurity therefore is not going to reduce the challenges on a dairy farm. And then when it comes to a dairy farm, internal biosecurity, preventing the spread around between the different animals groups, is really difficult in dairy because the calves are born when they're born and we cannot really make close groups and close them off from the other groups on the farm. There's a continuous flow of animals. And of course, there are associated viruses and bacteria between the different animal groups. So biosecurity is really not a good solution. Just the same way we're doing right now for the pandemic. We're not keeping the people in lockdown any longer and tell them stay inside and don't move. We realize, okay, we have to boost the immunity. Right. And I think that that is where we need to go in the future because what I'm seeing right now is looking, I've been evaluating the biosecurity on all of these dairy farms and I'm using using the, the Belgian developed a system called BioCheck by the University of Ghent. We've developed a system called BioCheck to score the biosecurity on dairy farms. And what I'm seeing is that there's left to be desired and mm -hmm. it will never be as good as biosecurity can be in poultry or pig production. We will never get there. So we really have to focus on what can we do to boost the immunity in the animals so that they do not get as sick if they encounter the virus. So that right. would be the critical thing. But of course, uh, I have not yet analyzed the complete data and all the different risk factors, but that's just my general impression at this point. How do you think the outcomes of the study and the finding that you had said 73% of European farms were found with this? Is that correct? 73%? Well, lows, most likely even higher. We found the virus on, on a nearly 79% okay. of all virus. So okay. virus in small samples, we found antibodies on 100% of all the farms. Uh, and when I've been looking at all countries ranging from Scandinavia down to Greece, it's everywhere there. We don't see large differences between the countries and so on. In some countries I've even seen, uh, on some farms I've even seen ongoing outbreaks where you know every single animal was shedding the virus oh at high levels. Okay. Um, and on other farms, it's just simply I find high level of antibodies and occasional animal is shedding a bit of virus. So the, the implications, of course, will be that we need to find measures here to boost immunity in these animals. And of course, immediately when you think it boosts immunity, well, what are you talking about? Is it vaccination? Well, that's one component. Vaccination is a way to expose an animal to components of the virus so that the animal builds up an antibody response to it and it builds up an immune response to it. But we also need to assure that the animals are in such good health and maintained in such a way that they can respond to the virus 
just as we're humans, we said, well, you have to be in good, you don't want to vaccinate yourself when you're sick, you need to vaccinate yourself when you're in good health so that you can build up the immunity and a good immune response to the vaccination. And similarly, we need to do it through animals. We need to look at all factors. How can we boost immunity in animals? Vaccines are one way and another way then is optimize nutrition and husbandry and environmental conditions so that animals can respond to this challenge. Which, which is a, a huge undertaking to, uh, to be able to recommend and prescribe the, those kinds of ways to, to tackle this virus. Is that correct? It is indeed a huge undertaking, but honestly, there's nothing unique about the measures we take here to boost immunity against coronaviruses. This will boost immunity against all viral challenges and many bacterial challenges too. And ultimately, there's a return on investment because all of these viruses and bacteria that come in and start wrecking the health of the animals, it's wrecking their productivity. And there will be a return on investments because only healthy animals will become really good producers. So I think we need to look at it in a bigger picture. This is something that will give a good return on investments. Healthy animals is our good sustainable production for the future. With this study, what do you think the implications are for the global cattle herd? I think that Europe is pretty much a reflection of the, the world in many ways. I've been looking into all of the studies done across the world and we're finding very similar pictures. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, uh, I, I expect to see very similar situations all across the world. And if you just look at the cattle trade and how heifers are sold across the world, I mean, we have Canadian heifers going to Turkey. We have, you know, the, it's like it's spreading everywhere. So I do expect that we have a very similar situation across the world in, in dairy cattle production. I'm, this is a very interesting topic. I, I uh, you know, viruses, we, we don't realize in our everyday lives how much viruses play a role in, in, our, in our personal lives as well as in our business lives with our dairy farms. It's very interesting. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add about the, the study or the findings or what you think we need to be doing in the future? Well, I definitely think what we need is we need to have a European Union. We only have a maternal vaccine so we can boost the cholesterol immunity to the neonatal calves. What we also need to have in European Union is we need to have a vaccine for the young stock because I'm clearly seeing here that this one is definitely involved in the bovine respiratory disease. So I think that that vaccines need to be available uh, also in the European Union. I believe there's one on the US market uh, currently. And I see a a big potential for that. But then I also see that this whole vaccine situation needs to be combined with optimizing the immunity of the animals. And that's all about teaching the people to make them realize the importance of putting the vaccination protocols inside a a healthy animal protocol where you do everything to meet the animal's needs. We need to put the animal in the focus, not try to fit the animal into our system and our working hours and so on. We need to say, what does the animal need? in order to perform optimally. And thereafter, we need to devise our system so that we meet those conditions. And I think in that we have then, of course, whatever all these vaccination strategies that will help, but they are not the ultimate goal. There's not just an injection that will fix this problem. We need a whole system, holistic view on it. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Dr. Briggy. We really appreciate it. 
and uh, we'll look forward to seeing the final results of the study that's being done and the importance that it, that has for the dairy industry. This is Connie Cooper. I'm with Seal Pro Silage Barrier Film by Connor AgriScience, and I've had the honor to speak with Dr. Anna Katharina Berge, who is a researcher and veterinarian with MSD Animal Health, commonly known as Merck in the United States and Canada. Thank you very much for your time today, and we appreciate all the information. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody.